Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Call Susie Ferguson Tokoingawa. I'm in for Wallace Chapman today. And we're going to be taking a look at Auckland, of course, counting the cost with more damage being done in the flooded city. Today, we will be having the very latest updates, bringing that to you shortly. Also, of course, Coromandel businesses hit hard in this extreme weather that many of us have been experiencing this summer. Also around the country, you maybe have been noticing uh, that payway fees on FPOS machines still seem to be a bit of a thing. So what's going on there? We will be investigating. Also taking a look at the Australian government softening its policy on 501 deportees. And speaking of Aussie, a British athlete, athlete who won't be competing there because of the carbon footprint of the air travel, this as there's another step in the saga of the airport mooted for Taras. And will they, won't they? The flip-flop over whether Auckland schools will be open this week. They might be after all. We'd love to hear what you think about that one and any of your korero today. 2101 to text us in the studio. Also, you can flick us an email, the panel at rnz.co.nz or tweet at the panel RNZ. Now with me today, Sue Kedgley, women's advocates, author, former Green MP, former Wellington Regional Councillor is with us. Kia ora Sue. Kia ora Susie. Now, lovely also, to be in oh, the studio. It is lovely. Yeah. And lovely to in have you Wellington. in the studio. In Wellington. Yeah. It is dry. I think the sun's out in Auckland though, thankfully. Also with us, Nick Leggett. Kia ora Nick. Kia ora. Now Chief Executive of Iara Aotearoa Transporting New Zealand. It's going to be an interesting korero today for sure. And we're going to be starting in Auckland, of course, the city hard hit again with the situation uh, with all of the rain. Um, let's first find out the latest regarding two people who are in a serious condition after a batch collapsed on a landslide in the Afitu Peninsula at Auckland's Monaco Heads. RNZ reporter at the scene, Lucy Xia, is with us. Kia ora, Lucy. What's the latest? Sure, Susie. So I'm just standing at um, Orua Bay Beach uh, at the Afitu Peninsula and what we can see is that a house, one of the holiday batches on a cliff has actually collapsed onto the beach. Um, now, Fins, um, they've rescued three people. Two were in a serious condition. One was in a minor condition. Um, one of those people was trapped inside the batch um, we were told by a FENS officer that it took at least two hours to remove them and, uh, safely. Um, and it's, it's just an awful and devastating scene here. Um, we can see that uh, there are still at least a dozen FENS and uh, police officers on the scene just trying to remove the remnants of the batch with tractors uh, and diggers. Are you able to tell us, because it, it does sound like a you know, a terrible scene and a terrifying situation that these people will have faced. Are you able to give us a sense of, you know, is this batch still intact? Is it in pieces? What is the situation? So we're about 150 metres uh, away from where the batch was when it fell because of police cordons and due to safety concerns. Um, We can see that the tractors are removing bits and pieces of the house, it's definitely not intact. It's pretty much disintegrated. Um, so yeah, and it's just ongoing. Um, we know that Fens told us five of the houses um, in the area, which are also on cliffs, have been evacuated um, out of safety concerns, um, as the cliff is still perhaps unstable. 
So clearly this is going to be an ongoing situation for some time. As for the area and getting out there, what was it like driving out to the scene? It was quite challenging, Susie. Um, So this is quite a rural area and the roads were very narrow. And as we were driving um, uh, from onto onto the Asitu Peninsula, the roads just got narrower and we could see numerous slips along the way. And we also drove past uh, uh, road contractors to Auckland Transport who are still assessing the area and looking for any further slips and, of course, clearing the slips. And so, as you mentioned, three people that were involved here, um, the condition that those people are in does sound, in some cases, pretty serious. Um, People inevitably will have a pretty heightened state of anxiety around all of this. Yeah, definitely. So this is an area with quite a lot of holiday batches um, along the beach. And um, we could see that some of the the neighbours in the area um, are looking quite concerned, but uh, we haven't yet spoken to anyone who's witnessed what had happened. Um, But people are definitely on high alert. Kia ora, thank you very much for that update. That's Lucy Xia, RNZ reporter who is on the scene there at that batch collapse in the landslide on the Afitu Peninsula by the Monaco Heads. Eight minutes to four now. Let's stick with this situation because it's been a pretty shocking summer, certainly in some parts of the country. Uh, many people, I think, probably are in consensus on that one. Uh, businesses are planning to meet on the Coromandel Peninsula to make plans in the midst of all of this because, of course, amongst other things, the Kopu Hikai, Hikuai slip could mean pretty big impacts for some time, for months to come potentially. And of course, there are many businesses that rely not only on the tourists, but also on good weather to be able to operate. Uh, Let's hear about the summer so far. With us from the glass bottom boat, Fitianga, Hayley Jones. Kia ora, Hayley. Kia ora, Susie. What has your summer been like? How's it been going? Um, Our summer's been pretty dismal, to be honest. Um, We've had consistent easterlies, rain and um, rough seas pretty much since the 30th or 31st of December. So that's really the height of your season that has been, what, problematic to say the least? Yes, yeah. Um, After Christmas, um, January is our busiest month of the year. Have you been able to get out on the water anything like enough times to make this all worthwhile and viable? Um, We've calculated that we've been on the water for 12 working days for the month of January. So, um, no, I can't say that January has been a very successful month. 12 Um, working days. Crikey. Yes. Yes. That just seems terrifying, you know. Sorry, go on. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it it is. It's really disappointing. Um, For us, obviously, as um, business owners, it's very disappointing, but also for our team members who are working with us for the summer in hope to make money. And um, a lot of them are university students, so this is the only time that they do get that chance. Mm. Now, 12 working days, but what were your bookings looking like going into the summer? Was, Was it looking pretty healthy? Yeah, so when we've had good weather days, we've had good bookings, um, which is really encouraging. But we just haven't had many of those um, of those sort of days in the past month. 
um, and it just it seems to just get worse and worse. <laughs> and so, plenty of tourists around then, by the sound of things. But how hard are you seeing the future? What is it feeling like to you when you've got the situation with the weather, which you know not much can be done to control that for sure. But but I guess things like the infrastructure around Coromandel will be hitting you as well. Yes, yeah. So um, the weather hasn't been helpful for sure. Um, and we kind of joke about it saying, how can it get any worse? And then, of course, it's gotten worse by now our road having a major slip in it and being out of action. So that's going to, that, that'll probably, it's, it'll be hard for the town. I do mm. think that the traffic into the town will slow down. Um, we are lucky enough that we do have two alternative roads. So um, they just add a bit of time to travel and uh, we just hope that people will still continue to come up here and still use those roads. I'm going to come to the panel on this. Nick Leggett, um, I mean, obviously this sort of thing, the disruption to the roads is something that's absolutely central to well, to your line of work. It is, and we know that there are parts of New Zealand that are exposed like this, and so I really feel for Hayley and the other businesses and the residents there because it's... You compromise getting food and goods in and out. And um, I also wonder, Hayley, just you know, on top of COVID, it must be very difficult to do business and feel like you're actually making headway. Yeah, yep, definitely. Um, the last past summers haven't been easy that with the whole COVID summers, the no international visitors, and then you had the, all the restrictions and stuff in place for last summer. So um, they weren't the easiest summers. Um, the weather last summer also wasn't ideal. Mm. It was another easterly year. So we we work hard through summer and that gets us through our winter and it usually would put us in a, in a position where we can afford to do good maintenance on our business, good maintenance on our vessels mm. um, and start the next coming summer um, all tip-top and looking forward to just cracking into a really good season. But... The last summers haven't really been that. So we're already on the back foot. And, and I'm sure a lot of the Coromandel businesses are probably in the same boat. Mm. Sue, if I can come to you, Sue Kedgley, who's also with us today on the panel. I mean, the infrastructure around Coromandel is pretty shaky at the best of times. And this summer really does seem to have taken its toll. Well, it does. And it, it was sort of this, apart from being so heartbreaking, it's how are we going to recover? And what are the long-term effects? The insurance, all of these issues, the cost of the rebuild, uh, it's almost mind-boggling. I can't mm. even imagine um, how these communities are going to rebuild. Indeed. Hayley, go well. All the very best for the rest of the summer. That's Hayley Jones from Vitianga, the Glass Bottom Boat owner. Just time to come to I've Been Thinking and um, both of you, both Sue and Nick, uh, have been thinking about things kind of connected to the situation with the weather. Nick, I'll come to you first. What have you been thinking about? Well, I've been thinking about leadership and in particular what people expect of leaders in a crisis and of course Wayne Brown was reported in the Herald about boasting about his 180,000 votes that he received in October last year as if that in some way insulates him against his failed leadership during this recent flooding episode. And I think that what he will eventually learn is that Kiwis expect their leaders to be calm and level-headed and competent in a mm. crisis, whether or not they voted for them with a huge margin. Um, you know, And this is not an optional extra for leadership, I think. And 
what we've seen, if it's whether it's the new Prime Minister Hipkins and with the floods, whether it was Bob Parker in Christchurch, Jacinda Ardern with the mosque attacks, mm. um, voters expect leaders to lead with clarity, make decisions quickly, and also, you know, critically in Wayne Brown's case, if you think things are too slow, stand up to the bureaucracy. That's what mm. we expect. That's why we elect politicians. Mm, indeed. Sue, this also is something I think that you've, uh, you've had a fair bit of time thinking about as well. Well, in, in the case of Wayne Brown, I think it's ex- extraordinary to think that one of the most important political leaders in New Zealand could have done such a disastrous job of leading, leading his city through a disaster. And mm. I think it's severely damaged his reputation and his mana. And I think it'll be hard for him to recover. Indeed. Also, you've been thinking about um, about our cities, and you touched on it a wee bit there with um, Coromandel. But you know, how how do we rebuild? Well, I think that we really need to rebuild our cities into what they call sponge or soak cities, where they can, rainwater can be absorbed into the ground, and you can uh, absorb flood, flood water much more easily. So Copenhagen had a similarly catastrophic flood in 2011, and it decided instead of just building huge storms water drains all over the city. They'd make their whole city more green, permeable. They've got sports fields and parks that turn into temporary reservoirs Mm. uh, during a flood. They've got streets that uh, funnel water into the harbour. They've got green spaces, green Mm. buildings, etc. Now, we need to do the same here. We need to completely move away from this hard concrete city. A lot less concrete is what we need. A lot less concrete. A lot more green, more wetlands, because we We've already lost 90% of our wetlands in New Zealand. Indeed, it certainly is. Let us know what you think of this 2101. Also, schools in Auckland back tomorrow after suddenly being cancelled for a week. What do you make of some of these changes? Stay with us. You are with the panel on RNZ National.